Podcast. We're here today with a very special guest, uh, Mr. Michael Sanchez of Tall City Snickers. Also, we have a brand new co-host with us today, Miss Victoria Gaetan. How are you doing today? I'm good. Welcome. Good. Thank you Thank for you joining us. Mr. Michael Sanchez, yes, Tall sir. City Snickers. Glad to be here. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you, man. Yes, sir. So, um, You've you've caught you've caused a, a lot of ruckus here <laughs> in the tall city. All right, you know uh, you and, and your son. Yes, uh, own tall city sneakers. Yes, and I've I've heard a lot about you guys. Awesome. I've been wanting to meet you guys, um, and it's been a pleasure so far. So I can hardly wait to dive into this podcast because you have a lot of information. Yes, you have a lot of insight. Uh, you have a lot of inspiration uh, to give to the people of the Permian Basin entrepreneurs, business owners. Um, so, uh, man, tell us a little bit about how uh, Tall City Snickers came as an idea because it's a it's a brainchild of your son, Noah. Right. Correct. Right. So, yeah. so just a little bit about us and our story and how we got from A to, I think we're like N, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe F, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, so I'm, I'm married to my wife, Vicky. We've been married 17 years. It'll be 18 wow. in July. Yeah. Noah's graduating this year. He's a senior at Miller High. Um, so he's doing that. Uh, we also have a daughter, Hope. Hope's a freshman. Um, so that's us. And uh, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit growing up. Noah's the same exact way. That boy was hustling. He would have his grandmother take Little Caesar's Pizza to Abel Junior High when you still could do that. Um he would take, she would take him a pizza. He'd eat a piece and he'd sell the rest. Ah. That's Noah. All right. Already. So in junior high, I also Noah got into shoes. And like I was telling you earlier, like your kids go through these phases. You think, oh, it'll go away two, three months, maybe a year. It'll go away. Well, shoes never went away for Noah. Shoes are expensive. And we had to figure out a way how to keep Noah in his shoes and not break dad's pocket. Yeah. And we noticed that there's value in those things. And and so we figured, oh, we'll buy two or three pair of shoes and sell those. And that's how we would get Noah his his shoes. Right. Um, so that's so that's what we did. Um, at the time, I was in the body shop business. I opened a accessory shop called Complete Customs, uh, which was going fantastic. Um, <clears throat> and then along the way, the Lord called me to full-time ministry um, as a youth pastor at my church. And uh, so literally all that went away pretty much overnight with a decision um, to serve the Lord full time, sat down with the family. We talked about it. We understood or made them understand there had to be some sacrifices for this to go. Got rid of our house, got rid of vehicles, got rid of a lot of luxuries and uh, went into ministry full time, moved and, and, uh, Things were not financially where I wanted them to be as a father, as a husband for our family. So I started flipping things on eBay, uh, turned that into something that was substantial for my family and made us uh, a more comfortable living. Uh, but one of the things that, that uh, we started flipping more of was shoes. Um, so I had a house or a room full of shoes and we loved to do it. And we found that the people locally, not just on eBay online, the people locally wanted these shoes as well. Friends found out that we had shoes. Their friends found out, and pretty soon people were showing up to the house at all the hours of the day. And Mama didn't really like mm. that idea. <laughs> uh, walking around downtown one evening for a family dinner, come across the micro market. 
never heard of it before. Like what's happening? They were having an art show and uh, the people who were, who were there were like, yeah, you can rent these spaces out for a day, a week, a weekend, a month. Like really? And Noah's like, damn, we got to do a shoe store. I'm like, we don't even know there's any places what? available. Yeah, we anyways, we ran around the corner and saw our first location. It was available empty. And uh, I'm like, man, that's crazy. Went to dinner, ran into a friend, uh, one of my dad's old friends and still current friend, Mr. Ephraim Franco. My dad and Ephraim started their first business together, a uh, drywall painting construction business. And Ephraim, like, if Ephraim was not a sign from the Lord, I don't know what was. Because Ephraim said, you have to do it. Like, you have to do it. If you lose all your money when you do it, so what? You can get the money back. He said, but you can't get the time back. Mm, he said, most precious commodities. That's right it, there. man. He said, I wish me and your dad would have started earlier. We would have been better. We'll be better off than I am right now. And <clears throat> so we got in contact with the people and we said, we want to do it. And they said, okay. And then we had to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. 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 Jump. Yeah. And then figure it out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then we yeah. had to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. We jumped first. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> figured it out on the way. But, uh, Long story short, sold all my eBay uh, inventory to have a little, a little money to to invest into this. My son sold his truck that he loved so dearly uh, because he had to have some skin in the game too. If this is something that that he wanted to do, yeah, uh, you value something a lot more if you have personal investment. You got some personal investment, yeah, yeah. So I need to make sure he was for real, um, and he was, and he still is. Um, so yeah, man, we. We bought as many pair of shoes as we could. We paid the first and last month's rent because that's what we had to do. And uh, we said, let's let's go. Let's do it. And uh, which was very, very scary. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. all this happened so fast. Like, right. So you went from owning a business, supporting your family, having all the luxuries of life. You could pay your bills and then some, mm -hmm. right? Pay for whatever you wanted to uh, now, now you're, you're, you're sold everything. You downgraded, right? Yep. And then now you're about to start another business with the family. Yeah, with the family. Yeah. Yeah. And and how, then you have to figure out, well, how are we going to pay the mortgage? How are we going to pay the note on this? Yeah, how, yeah. You know, how are we going to keep the bills up? Yeah, for sure. And that wasn't an easy thing to to play out in your mind, you know, especially as a provider, as a man, as a father, a husband, because that rent payment was more than our mortgage. Mm. And I don't know if you've been down to the micro market. They don't mm. call it micro for no reason. It's small, yeah. Uh, which is a great thing if you're just starting, but um, for the amount of space you get, it, it it's a it's a pretty penny, you know. And mm. and so I sat down with my wife and crunched the numbers. Sat down with Noah and said, "Okay, we got to sell this many shoes, so we can just stay open." That was the that was the first goal, right? Stay, stay open, open, pay the bills, pay the bills, we'll keep the lights on. For Noah, the first goal was to learn to soak in the experience, mm -hmm. to learn how to deal with people, to learn how to run a business the right way. And uh, so that was, that's what, that's what we set out to do. Stay open the first year. We had a year lease. I didn't want to, we weren't going to, we weren't going to go bad on the lease. Right. right. So we had to figure that out. But um, so this was the number, right. And uh, we opened two days in, we surpassed the number. So in two that, days. In two days. What we need, what, I, what, we needed to make it happen for a month to get to the next month, right? Right. We sold in two days. 
So that created a whole nother problem for us <laughs> because we didn't, we didn't open the store with a thousand pair of shoes. We opened the store with a little over a hundred pair of shoes. So when you sell over half the shoes, you have an inventory in two days. That's not a good, yeah, that's not a good look if people come, yeah. you know, where's to, the inventory at? Yeah. Where's the, what? Yeah. I thought this was a shoe store. Yeah. yeah. Right? yeah. Toss City sneakers, not Toss City not sneakers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, but as a business starting off, you know, you expect problems to happen, right? Yeah. You're not, and you're not thinking that you're going to have this problem, right? Which is, if you're going to have a problem as a business starting off, this is the problem you want to have. Right. That doesn't say it's not not a problem. Right, yeah, yeah. It's a big problem. It's a beautiful problem. Yes, a beautiful problem. Yes. And that's one that when you figure that out, yeah. now, now you're cooking. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So we started cooking real fast. Um. But it was cool, man. Like ever since the beginning, it's always been about. Uh, I tell Noah uh, all the time, if if your business only makes money, it's a poor business. It has to do more than that. In our business, we're about people. If you do, if you treat people right, if you handle people right, uh, if you invest in people, spend time with people, uh, treat them like you want to be treated. You know, I don't. I tell I tell staff I don't care if a five year old little mocoso comes in here by himself. If he wants to try on every pair we got, you help him try them on. That's what we're gonna do. Yeah, and and so it works. Yeah, I mean I'm so glad you said that, right? Because that is that is something that when people start a business, a lot of them are like, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a million dollars first year, right? It's all about the money. It's all about the numbers, mm-hmm. numbers, numbers. Which hey. It's a numbers game, right? Yeah. No, no doubt about it. A business, you have to have, you have to hit the numbers, yeah, right. But when you focus on the numbers, yeah, right, that's that's a different ball game when you unless when you're focusing on the people, customers, absolutely, right, customer service, yeah, right, because that's what's going to generate, absolutely, revenue. yeah. And uh, since the beginning, we we realized that, and that's been a focal point, right. Another focal point of our business is our faith on every piece of merchandise or any logos or anything that we put out, Psalms 119, 105s on our logo. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Um, We put that there on purpose because whenever you put a scripture like that or you bring God into the mix, then now you're accountable to that, right? Because we're saying this is who we are. So if we conduct business in another form or fashion, then who we are, then we're lying. Right? Right. right. Um, so faith has always been a part of it. Uh, every Saturday morning, we have Bible study open to the public, whoever wants to come. Um, and we do a lot of stuff behind closed doors that we prefer to keep behind closed doors. That, sure. um, we just like to help people and build relationships with people. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that's, 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 pretty, that's amazing, right? That uh, you're, you're blending you know, your faith in your business together. Yeah. Right. yeah. That was a huge motivation for me because when we would go to sneaker stores, other sneaker stores, uh, even barber shops, I'll take my son when he was a junior high hero kid, the conversations, the language, the music that's being played right in these establishments is not something that I wanted my son to experience. It's not something that I want anybody's child to experience. So we are 
we created a space where people don't have to worry about that when they come to our store. They shouldn't have to worry about that. Right. Um, it is not normal. It should not be normal for me to take my son into a shoe store and the music that's playing is profanity. It's mm -hmm. vulgar. Um, it's not something that I would want to take my grandma and you know, for my son. Let me put it in perspective right there. What could I take grandma, grandma yeah. to, right? I'm not taking grandma, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, and you don't have to worry about that at our store. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, it's a family business. It's a family store. It's a family wholesome environment. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's for people. Right? Yeah, for sure. Um, something I want to backtrack on what you had said, like you figured out and you, you could probably talk about this, Victoria. Uh, Victoria is, is a, an accountant. So she's a numbers, numbers girl. Yeah. So what you said is like, you figured out the number of shoes you have to sell in the month to pay the bills. Yeah. Right. So in, in, the, in the business world, we're talking financials, that's the break even point. Right. Right. You have to sell just enough to break even. Mm -hmm. You calculated that. Yeah. Right. So that's a lesson that, you, you know, you, you taught to your son. It's like, you know, because as a high school kid, right, junior high, you know, they're not, you know, the kids aren't thinking about that. You know, they're I love what this is and I want to make a business out of it, right? Yeah. It's, it's very sophisticated, mm -hmm. right? But it's, you know, of course it gets a lot more complicated, but when you break it down to the break even, what do I have to do to keep the lights on, to keep the bills paid, Yeah. right? So where did, where did you learn like business and how did, what, like, where did that come from? So, um, like I said, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. I've always been interested in business. Um, uh, Initially, I learned I was in banking for 10 years of my life. Oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah, I was in banking for 10 years of my life. I was a, a lender, a mortgage lender, consumer lender, a branch manager at a bank. Uh, went to school at TCU um, for banking and management and all that stuff. And then the last institution I worked at put me through school. Um, and when I was like, literally, as soon as I got out of school, I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> uh, you know, you felt yeah. kind of bad. The next step is CEO in the banking industry. That was, that was the road. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, I don't want to do this. I'm good at numbers. I like numbers. One of the reasons I love numbers because numbers don't lie to you. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. Right. You get, and it gives you a story. Yeah. Your background to yeah. It, right. Yeah. But the reason I stayed in banking so long was all, was people again back to the people with the relationships you, you have and you mean, you get tied to our community. And uh, that's what kept me there so long, but ministry replaced that, right? So I, I found a way to still stay tied to people, um, but that's where it started. And then I didn't know at the time, uh, got real big into church, into Christianity, the Bible and the Bible, it reveals so much about business about finances about possessions uh, so a lot of it comes from there uh, being honest it's it's a beautiful business model that actually works it tells you how to treat your customers right it tells you what you should invest in what you shouldn't do how to do that when it's okay when it's not okay it's all there uh and, and it works it's worked for us wow yeah yeah so you just continued on that yeah on that path so it's not you know and so you're saying that after after school, after the banking world, mm -hmm. you know, and, and where was this when you had started your shop? Okay, so 
through my banking uh, extravaganza, if you want to call it that, <laughs> I met a lot of people. And one of the, some of the people I met were Scott Stevenson, Jason Weatherby, and Tony Farmer, good friends that I've met through banking. They had a business, uh, Platinum Collision. They also own a Pat Gray Collision, uh, partners in Flores Auto Glass. Um, they literally came to my office one day and said, Mike, we know you like cars. We know you're into cars. We know that you want to, your dream is to own a shop one day. They know that. That was my dream. And uh, we need you to come work for us. They went to the bank and sat in my office and told me this. I said, okay. They said, uh, don't worry about the money. We'll pay you more than the bank's paying you. We got better benefits. You can keep your banker's hours. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> now keep in mind, I already had in my mind, this is not the road that I want to travel on. Okay. The um, bank. On the the bank banking world. Right. So I'm like, oh, crap. Let's do it. Let's, yeah, we're gonna sign. Yeah, let's do it. I said I need to give them a notice, like a long notice. Yeah. Uh, with the bank, they were cool with that or whatever. So, uh, long story short, I started as an estimator to learn body shop. I didn't know nothing about body shop. Know nothing about that world. And um, so, started an estimator uh, over a period of time. I'm running. I'm running one of their shops, and uh, still doing my church thing. I'm or, I'm an ordained minister now. I'm serving, me and my wife are serving as much as we can, um, raising our kids in the church. And uh, I'm at a funeral. I leave work to go to a funeral. They know this. They're blowing up my phone. I'm like, what is the deal with these dudes? They know where I'm at. Anyways, in between the service and the graveside, I call them back, say, hey, what's up? They said, hey, you still want that shop? That's how they That's how they talk to me. Yeah. You still want that shop? Like, what do you mean? The shop, you know you wanted to start a shop. Do you still want it? Yes. Okay, we got it for you. Call us back when you're done. Okay. <laughs> so I get back to the shop and they said, yeah, the, this shop became available right around the corner. And we you know, we thought of you. We told you. Because one of the stipulations in the beginning of me going was, okay, I'll go. But you're going to help me start my own shop. I'm not going to uh, work for you. Gotcha. For an extended amount of time. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, they kept their word. And they helped me start my shop. We formed the LLC, the partnership. And uh, so the body shops were subletting out work, like bed liners, for example, bumper guards, toolboxes. The body shop doesn't want to mess with that stuff. Right. That's not how they make their money. Mm -hmm. um, my shop that we, that we started, that's what we did. Right. Also, suspension, alignments, performance, accessories. So they already had, like, it was crazy because they already had not only given me a space to live out my dream, they already had work lined out for me mm. in order to do this because they're already providing this service to somebody else, through somebody else, Yeah. when they could just use me. And the same with a lot of businesses in town, the relationships that we already established. Um, so that's how that that's how that all went down. Um, so I was literally right at the year mark in my own place, complete customs, getting my first like real check. Right. Cause you know, you grind for a while before yeah. that can actually happen. I'm getting my first real check. I'm like, Oh man, this is awesome. And then the conversation with the Lord happened. And, yeah. Yeah. The youth position came up at my church and 
you know, I was sitting in my shop one morning. I said, man, Lord, if the church would just pay a little bit more money, I, I would go and do that. And instantly became convicted. And the Lord asked me, not not out loud or nothing, but within my spirit. I said, does it really take money for you to serve me? Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and oh. my answer was no, sir. Right. I called my pastor and said, hey, I want to apply. And applied. Got the job. And uh, I could have kept my business. My partners wanted me to keep my business, mm-hmm. but I'm not built that way. Like I'm all or nothing. And yeah. I could already see that I was being torn mm-hmm. in the onset of this thing and the season of time and life I was in, I just couldn't do it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to sign it back to you. So I gave it back. Um, that's what happened there. At that point, that's when you sell the house, cars. Yeah, yeah, we sold the house. So my dream car, Nissan GTR. Oh, yeah. So my dream car. It was all worth it. Yeah. You know, it was all worth it. Looking back, like uh, the value of people was much more. And I'm truly operating in my gift and my calling now, at a capacity that I never could if I was to hold on to that. Um, and and the, I mean, the Lord is wild. Like He can do whatever He wants, right? If we let him, like he allowed, even though all that was stripped away from me, it felt like at the time, mm-hmm. um, for a season, right? And now he's given me like so much more back through a different road, a different avenue. Like now, like that was my deal, right? This is my family's thing. Mm-hmm. Like we get to do this as a family now. And that's how we do it. Right. Um, so it's so much better and so much bigger and not as much of a time anymore, not as much of a time constraint as that was. Right. So it's it's really, really cool. Right, because now it's, it's integrated. It's not so much like that was a totally separate, you're dedicating your time into something that's different, something that's separate mm-hmm. to, to make it successful. Right? Yeah. You had to go in there like a like to, like to grind, yeah. you know, leave your family, grind, yeah. grind, grind, come back, yeah. you know. But now this is a like it's a family business. It's a family. Every everybody's everybody on deck, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. My wife's HR. She also makes sure the refrigerator in the back is stocked for the staff, and yeah. you know she doesn't get to spend much time there. But she's the mama of the store. Ah, you know? yeah. Um, my daughter, she thinks it's cool, but she's also fifteen. Yeah, and uh, but she's handed like she wants to work in the summer. This summer, and yeah, kind of see what it's all about uh, Noah is like he's the brain behind everything it's his it's his dream and we're helping him to live it out yeah. and put feet to the dream um, but Noah he's crazy man he wants to do he wants to do a whole lot of stuff um, but uh, and I just make sure it functions <laughs> right 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 yeah. So is it Noah that decides, you know, I'm thinking of shoes, I'm thinking of fashion, what's hip right now, or, mm-hmm. you know, what's, um, you know, what's, what's the, the hit shoe right now? Yeah, yeah. So is it Noah that decides, hey, this is the kind of inventory that I really want in the store for the season? Or, or um, is it, you know, how do you guys go about that, about yeah, choosing what, you know, what sort of fashion for the season that you're yeah, going to keep in what inventory? To put in there. So Noah has a big uh, a voice in that because, number one, he's younger. 
He knows right? his hip, right? I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, he, he, he knows what's coming out, when it's coming out. Um, and then like a lot of it, you learn what, you learn your market, you know, you learn your people. From your customers. What, your customers. Yeah, you know, we know what people like, we know what they won't like, we know what colors to they lean towards and stuff. Um, and then um, in the sneaker world, uh, there's a thing, a word called hype, right? The more a company like Nike or Jordan spends hyping up a shoe in the, on the onset, it's it's better for us because they're spending their money marketing it and it benefits us, mm-hmm. right? So there's certain shoes that will release it they've really hyped up that a lot of people want, they're putting in front of a lot of people's faces. So we're like, okay, this is a shoe that we need to be sure that we go after. Then there's the opposite because we've learned our market. We learned the people, we know what sells, we know what color blocking works on shoes. There's shoes that they don't spend any money on. They're kind of like what we call sleepers that you can buy at a low cost. And we know that over time that sleeper is going to grow into something that's that's worth more in value over a season of time, right? Um, kind of like a, a commodity, um, gold, for example. I don't know what the price of gold is right now. I don't deal in gold. Um, but if I did, I would kind of know how it trends and what's going to happen. Um, same with shoes. You can kind of set yourself up for failure or success depending what you pay for a shoe and what you think the potential of that shoe to be. Because a shoe this summer that costs me $150 to purchase next summer may cost $250 to purchase your, your cost, my cost. Yeah. So it's just really taking that gamble to see, mm-hmm. you know, how it's going to, how the market's going to be in the future, how yes. the customer's going to feel about it. Yeah. And there are people that like, <clears throat> it's not our model, but there are people who buy shoes and hold them. Like they'll buy a hundred pair and they will not sell them until a year, yeah, until two years because they believe that that shoe is going to increase in value over time. Our motto is turn it. So if it's going to be worth 250 in a year, well, I'm going to take 200 today and I'm going to invest that 200 and make another 200, you know, and that that's going to be more beneficial for me in the long run. But not everybody that does shoes has the advantage of having a storefront like us because um, it's hard and it's, scary yeah to pull the trigger yeah for any business yeah it should be scary yeah right if you get into business you're not scared right then you're not thinking mm-hmm. you're not you're not you're not fully thinking down the line like yeah if you're going into it it's all goldilocks you know it's, yeah. all, it's all good it's gonna be a breeze yeah nope sorry you're gonna get a rude awakening yeah one way or another yeah yes sir so i mean so can we dive a little bit more into the shoe world because i'm okay. like really really just like it's a whole other world yeah. that I really, you know, I've heard about it, but like I said, like, well, can't you just go to Foot Locker, get some right. shoes? You know what I mean? But yeah, it's it's not it's not the same, right? So this is one thing that that I did learning the business with shoes and stuff and flipping things. I would take my lunch break and I would go to the mall every day, every single day. Uh, that wears your wife out because she doesn't want to go to the mall every day. But um, because I wanted to figure out, I didn't know about shoes like that either. Well, when do they come out? Well, why don't they just, if they're selling so well, why don't, why don't they just make more, right? right? Um, so I would go and go through the stores and 
talk to the managers, talk to the staff and see what's up, see what shoes they got coming in down the line, see what releases are going to be coming out, uh, what shoes they liked. Um, because something releases every weekend, a shoe releases. Hmm. Now, if that shoe has potential value, that's the question, right? Another question you have to ask yourself, okay, if the value's there, how many of them are they going to release? Right. Because then releasing a million pairs and a thousand pairs, that sets you up two different yeah, ways, right? So if they release a million pairs and I buy 50 of them, well, the general public can go and buy them for retail. So they're not going to come to me. I'm not a retail shop, I'm a resale shop. Right. Um, another thing, the best releases um, are released in a raffle format. Okay. So two forms of raffles. There's an online raffle. There's an in-store raffle. And then online, there is um, what they call a draw. And I'll explain those to you. So when a good shoe releases and say our local finish line is getting them, you have to enter into whatever raffle that store is set up as for the opportunity to purchase the shoe, not to not, not for them just to give it to you. You got to win the raffle just to buy it. Gotcha. Right? Gotcha. And there's a, a fee to get into that. There's not a fee. Okay. Um, you do have to sign up like for their uh, an account with their app. And the more purchases you make through them, it kind of increases the odds of you winning. Gotcha. Yeah. Are you limited at a certain amount that you're able to? You can win one. Okay. That's it. Um. One in each, uh, how can I say this? Uh, not sizing, but so like they'll have like, say they have like a grade school size option and then they have like a man size option. You could win one of each. Gotcha. But you, with one account, you can only win one shoe. Uh, it prevents people from going in and buying all of them or winning all of them. And then the other nine, the other, you know, 40 or 50 people that entered the raffle, they didn't, they didn't have a chance because such and such person got them all. But, um, so that's in store and then online as well, like with Nike or sneakers app, you enter online for the chance to win the shoe so you can buy it. Um, so they're hard to get sometimes. Um, now every once in a while there will be a store that gets a restock. So after release, they just randomly get a restock. And a lot of times those shoes aren't raffled. So if you're like me going to the store every day mm-hmm. um, to see what's on the shelves, maybe you get lucky and you see some shoes that you can buy. And whenever you do that, like you're not limited. Okay. Usually the manager, you know, they'll let you buy two or three. They're not going to let you buy 20. Some managers say, no, it's just one. So that's fine too. But, um, so you have to kind of like hunt for these things to get them for retail. Right. Right. Okay. Cause that, that was a question I had, right. You're sourcing these shoes because you said it's a resale store. Mm-hmm. So you're sourcing these shoes secondhand mm-hmm. after they're already flooded out into the market. Correct. So you have to go to like the foot lockers and the finish lines and that's where you're sourcing these shoes from. That's the best place to source them because it's the cheapest price point. But the success rate is not very high. So what you have to do for a store like us is then you have to purchase this product from other people that resell that maybe don't have a storefront. 
So one of my um, biggest uh, sellers is a gentleman in Austin. Uh, his name is Abelardo Aguilar, and he has an Instagram page that he runs. I met Abel by chance through a message. That's how we met. I bought uh, three pair of shoes off, off of him for the first time. Never met the dude. He had an Instagram page. He bought from another person I knew, and I saw like they had done business. So I'm like, well, I'll give it a try. If I, Because there's no guarantees. I mean, you're cash-apping or zelling these people money you've never met before on their word. Right. And to send you a product, and then for that product to be authentic, which we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Um, it's like, ah, oh, shoot. So you you throwing, you know, seven eight hundred bucks in the wind to see if you get your shoes. And anyways, Abel sent me my shoes, <clears throat> and we've 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 had a relationship ever since. So so Abel, um, he he picks up shoes at retail in Austin. He does a loop, same like I was doing part time. He does full time, and. And he picks up shoes and and uh, he sells to people like me or he's developed local clientele through his Instagram page that he buys and sells from. He'll go to, which we do as well, he'll go to trade shows. So they have shows. Uh, the biggest one that comes close to us is called SneakerCon. Uh, we went to the one in San Antonio. Uh, that was the last one uh, about three months ago. Um, so a coliseum full of people selling shoes. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So you rent a booth or a table at SneakerCon. There's different events, but SneakerCon, for example, you rent a table and you bring your shoes, you set up early and they open the floodgates of people to come in and buy and you sell and trade and buy all day and and pack up your stuff at the end of the day. Um, So we go to those shows and buy. We don't go to uh, to sell. Right. Um, And that's how we meet people too and get connected and and stuff, because if you come in and you're looking for a certain shoe and I don't have it, well, I want to find it for you because I don't make money not selling shoes. I make money selling shoes. Um, <clears throat> and we're going to take the time to source it for you. Um, so you have to have these people that you build relationships with and you trust to sell you authentic product. Um, so I'll shoot a message out say, hey, who's got this? And try to find it for our customer to take care of them. And so, like all these people at this conference, mm-hmm. they're all doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're all going to all these different outlets, stores, mm-hmm. finding shoes. Yes. So physically, that's one way to do it. Then the, the 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 other portion of it is online. So online has a potential for more success, um, especially if you use bots. So, but okay. what a bot is? It's an automated software that you purchase, they're very expensive, that you purchase, and with this bot, you program it to purchase a certain item. You can program it to purchase anything. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we program it to purchase shoes, but you have to know when the shoe's releasing, where it's releasing, how much it costs, the size you want. You program the bot, all this information, when this is gonna happen, and then you create profiles. So you create in- electronically individual people um, Trying to purchase that product, the create the bots creating profiles. Yes, to go in as an individual to purchase all these. Yes. Okay. So instead of Michael Sanchez on his phone trying to purchase one pair of shoes okay. with his one debit card and his one address, now I've created profiles so I I can create as many as I want, a thousand different names with a thousand different cards, 
addresses, all that stuff. So now I've increased my odds of being able to purchase that shoe yeah. because I have more, the numbers came, I have more chance, I have more odds now. But that's expensive. Like you have to, a good bot will cost you anywhere from three to $20,000. Wow. And then every time you use that bot, you're spending money. You have to purchase proxies so that uh, whenever, say, you're trying to purchase a shoe off Nike, well, if Nike sees a thousand people, a thousand profiles trying to purchase from your IP address, well, guess what? Right. You're canceled. Mm -hmm. You can no longer purchase from Nike in your whole life. <laughs> wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it costs money to... So to be really meticulous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And there's no guarantees. Mm -hmm. You can spend all that money and you don't, you don't get no shoes. Yeah. yeah, you don't get any shoes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay, so... You know, I, I know you're probably pretty sure you're following along. The whole AI mm -hmm. is really, really taking over. Mm -hmm. Is AI uh, making any dent in that world right there? I haven't seen anything yet. Okay. Um, I think it will. Mm -hmm. uh, because when a product is loaded electronically on a site, for example, somebody has to relay that information. Mm -hmm. So I would assume that AI could know when that happens. Right. Filters could be put out there and triggers to let you know, okay, this just happened on footlocker.com. Something like that. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I haven't seen anything yet, but the potential it's is coming. Yeah, 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 it's coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's coming for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing just how something so like in the, in the world of business, right? Like one of the first businesses has to be shoes, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the cobblers back in the day, people wearing something on their feet, you know, it's almost an essential item to modern humans. Yeah. Right. Now it's still a huge, huge aspect, you know, and the, it's the, the cutting edge of technology right now. You're using technology mm -hmm. to source uh, particular shoes that humans are still like seeking. Yeah. And, and it's not just something to wear on your feet because like I said, anybody go to the to Foot Locker or Finish Line or whatever and get a pair of whatever shoes. Yeah. Right. Walmart, right? You yeah. know, uh, for bottom dollar. Yeah, yeah, right? for sure. But these are like special, you know, rare type shoes that yeah. uh, the technology is helping you source yeah. for people who are looking for it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I just kind of blows my mind how something like so, so kind of old school, ancient, right, is, is now in the modern yeah. kind of context of, of making business happen. Yeah. And you have a whole business out of that. Yeah. And that's just one product, like, like for lack of better terms, that's one product. Yeah. Like, there's so many other products out there to choose from. But I think whenever you go into business, you want to go into business about something that you like. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to go and sell bump cakes. I don't particularly like bump cakes. <laughs> right. I don't see the value in bump cakes. Yeah. You know, and right. I, I want to believe in, and I want to stand behind that that you are putting out. You know what I'm saying? Right. Shoes, we, our whole family likes shoes. We like shoes before shoes was our business. Right. 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 Shoes is easy for us uh -huh. because it's something that we like. Right. Uh, it's something that's constantly changing. There's a new shoe 
always coming out, right? And it always brings new people into our life. Um, so that's why, you know, we do that. But the technology aspect has been, has been, it's crazy. There's so much information out there. Like there's um, alert systems, uh, companies that, that you pay service for, like you talked about the AI. There's companies that monitor these things manually that you can pay for information. So if you sign up for what's called, uh, in the sneaker world, it's called a cook cook group. Cook group. If you're cooking, yeah, you're doing good. Okay. You know what I'm saying? If you're cooking up something, yeah. uh, you're having success. You're cooking. Um, you pay it to, to subscribe to cook groups, and these groups essentially share information about sneakers and releases that are happening that the general public may not ever even yeah. be aware of. Um, then they also have like uh, if if the cook group has great success in a shoe, then then it provides an opportunity for you to purchase that shoe at a better price point than you would outside of the cook group. Okay. So that's one thing. Uh-huh. One thing that that's pretty cool about the sneaker world. It's it's kind of a community thing. Right. It's a big on community and relationships. Um, man, if you show up to a show and your your product is foo foo. It ain't gonna be good for you because shoe people can spot the real shoe people can spot those things a mile away. Okay, so let's get into that. Mm-hmm. The fakes, right? The fakes. The fakes are getting a lot better. Um, and let me put this out there: like, fakes are fine as long as people know they're fake. Gotcha. For me, mm-hmm. right? I don't have any problem with the a young man coming into my store and he's wearing a pair of fakes. As long as whoever sold them to them was honest with them and they know what they're buying and, and right. it was at a price point that makes sense. Right. Right. There's a store in, in Lubbock that they sell fake, but they don't make no bones about it. That's what it is. That's what it is. Right. Okay. Right. Um, but we have to be very careful whenever shoes are being brought into the store or we're purchasing shoes outside of retail stores to not purchase fake right. shoes um, because that's not what we're about. What's the, how, how do you tell them? What's the process? Um, there's a lot of different things. It depends on the shoe um, uh, markers and triggers that that show us. Uh, for me, the biggest thing for me, which is going to sound really weird to somebody that's not a sneakerhead, is the smell. Oh, interesting. The All smell. right. Yeah, that's All the right. first thing I do when I bought the Nikenia pair of shoes is I, I give it the sniff test. It's a very distinct smell. And a fake has a very distinct smell. Um, and then after that, depending on the model, there are certain things uh, that you want to look for on each shoe, uh, the way it's constructed, the insole, um, the laces, the logos on them. The boxes have a lot of triggers as well. Um, we use black lights. Um, there's all kinds of stuff. Okay. Is, yeah, that, yeah. Is, is that just something you've learned throughout the whole sneaker process or yeah. is it through your connections where you've been able to say like, Hey, guide me on how, you know, how to sniff out a, a not real one. Yeah, and, yeah. and have you come across some where they weren't authentic and you know, what happened after you? Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's kind of a, you learn by doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Like you learn by your mistakes. Yep. Sometimes those make mistakes are very expensive, and when they're your mistakes and you got to pay for them, you learn from them real quick. Real quick, not to do that again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, so we're personally, I'm pretty good at it. Noah's really good at it. 
Um, the staff is a learning curve with them too. So, uh, like Justin, my manager, he's allowed to purchase shoes that come in the store. Um, he purchased a, a fake one about a week ago, an expensive fake one. Ooh. Yeah. So it's just something that you have to deal with. Yeah. Um, we don't sell that product. Um, I'm waiting. You know, it's still a good shoe. It sucks. It's fake, but like the shoe looks really good. Uh, I'm waiting for the opportunity to present itself to for me to give it to somebody. Yeah. Um, but they will know that it's right. fake, and if they don't want it, then yeah, that's fine. But somebody will wear it. Uh, I don't just want to throw it away. Right. But um, because it's an expensive fake, but <laughs> <laughs> but we can't sell it, you know, because our name is everything. Um, and people know that, mm. and uh, people have come already in the short amount of time to trust our name. Right. To know that we're good. And if something or anything happens, then we stand behind our product and we stand behind our name and we just make things right. Um, there are certain situations that have happened in the store where um, we were right, 100%, but the customer perceived that we weren't. So what am I going to do? Make a customer mad because I want to be right? Well, I'll just eat it yeah. and we'll get it back somewhere else. Right. And they're going to be happy. And my name's still going to be good with them. Yeah. They, they may not even ever come back into my store and buy anything, mm -hmm. but my name will be good with them. Right. Right. And that, that, that is something very important to hold on to, especially I now I, I kind of see what, what you're doing, your business model, that's how it's set up. Right. That's the power behind it. Mm -hmm. And like something just else clicked while you were talking. Okay. You're like, so people just come in to sell you shoes. Yeah. Okay. So say they find a, a very rare pair somewhere else online or wherever they mm -hmm. go to a conference and buy it. Yeah. And they come into your store and say, Hey, I got this for sale. You want it? Yeah. And then what, what is, what is that? Is it like a, they sell you, it's like a regular negotiation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in sneaker world, um, the market is gauged mostly by an app, uh, a website, a company called StockX. So StockX, uh, you can get on StockX right now and you can find pretty much any shoe on the planet and it's going to have a price, right? So that's kind of like a gauging point of everything that, that we do. It's in like every a blue book, Kelly Blue Book. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Perfect. Um, so on that site, uh, let's say there was a $300 shoe on StockX, right? Um, so you could go on StockX right now and buy it. When you click the button to buy it for $300, there's tax, there's processing fee, there's all kinds of fees. Anyways, that shoe's gonna come out to about 360. Okay. Okay. So I know this information. The person selling the shoes knows the information. I need to buy that shoe under StockX price so that I can price the shoe at a point where competitive enough where they won't purchase it from the app that they're gonna purchase it from me right and depending on the shoe and what the potential is and how the value is sometimes we pay more sometimes we want to pay way less or we just don't buy it mm -hmm. because the, the the potential value is not going to be there um so we talk that out with the people um we be as we try to be as fair as possible fair as we can be but we are still a business that needs to stay open and make a, a margin on a product um <clears throat> Now, if they were to sell that shoe on StockX, then there's fees that way too. Mm -hmm. So even though they're selling it for 300, their cash payment is probably gonna be about 
260. Okay. Right. So knowing all this information, uh, knowing about the product and how fast and how people want it or don't want it will determine the price point that, that we want to be at. Um, so we'll buy it or not. We maybe come to agreement or not. We also offer store credit. Mm. So like say that shoe's 300. I, I want to pay 280 cash or I'll give you 320 store credit. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I'll give you more value in store credit because I'm not giving, I'm not releasing any new money. Mm-hmm. I'm just turning my current money and maybe they can get something that they want for something that they don't. So it's just a way to make a trade. Yeah. 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 And there's one other thing that, that our store does that uh, not every store does. It's called consignment. Consignment. So if they bring that shoe in, they want three. They're like, no, I want three hundred. I don't want any less, and I don't really, I don't really like anything you have in your store. I got all these shoes already. Like, okay, well, we can also offer consignment. If you're really set on a price, like you don't want no less than three hundred for it, then we offer consignment. You can set your price at consignment within reason. Right. Um, so if you're if you're consigning that shoe, I recommend you consign it at three hundred and twenty. The store is going to market at 360. So when I sell your shoe, you get paid out within 24 hours of your shoe being sold. You have the liberty to come into the store, pick up your shoe anytime. It's not on ransom. We're not going to hold your shoe forever. Um, so you can always come in. You can check on it. You can make sure it's still here. You can pull it. And But when your shoe sells, you get the money that you wanted if you're not in a hurry to sell it. It's a win-win for both right. of us. Yeah, because you, you don't pay the inventory, you know, you keep the margin. Mm-hmm. The only thing you're giving up is the space. Yeah, exactly. Um, space has always been an issue with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> downtown, you know, we started downtown. Um, we ran out of space super fast. Uh, we rented an office space around the corner to store shoes because we didn't have space. Um, then when we moved, um, currently right now, a third of my inventory, you can see it. Two thirds of it, you can't, because there's no room right. to show all the shoes that we have. Um, we had we launched a website about two months ago, okay. so all of our inventory is on the website. Um, <clears throat> but physically, if you went in, you couldn't see it all right. at one time. But uh, the staff tries to do their best to, you know, if you know, if you don't see something you like, let us know. We we're likely to have something we do like in the back. We have the iPad. We can show them the whole inventory on the ah, iPad. Okay. Um, but the website, we're still, it's built and it's there. Um, but not a lot of people know about it yet, so we're still spreading the word about that. That people know. TallCitySneakers.com. TallCitySneakers.com. Got the dot com. Dot com, yeah. Same with the Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, TallCitySneakers. You're able to purchase from the website. Yes. Yeah, you can see the whole inventory website. You can purchase from the website and you can, on the website, we ship for free. Um, You also have an in-store pickup option. A lot of people have been using that, local Mm -hmm. people. Um, But yeah, we ship for free as well, so it doesn't cost anything extra to, yeah. One thing about StockX, and there's another app called Goat. Those are the, the primary two. When you make a purchase on StockX or Goat, it's final. Hmm. So if it doesn't fit you, if it wasn't what you thought, uh, if your kid don't like it no more, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You bought it, 
and it's done and you can't return it and you're not getting your money back. So that's another advantage that we have as a local business is you can come in, you can sniff it, you can try it on, <laughs> you can take it home for your kid's birthday, your kid says, no, this shoe sucks. You can bring it back, get your money back, pick out another shoe. We're easy. Yeah. Um, a lot of shoe people, a lot of shoe stores are not easy. A lot of shoe stores have that policy. Right. Um, no return policy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just what we chose to do. It sucks sometimes, especially when you sell like a like a thousand dollar shoe. Yeah. And like they come back a week later, yeah. like, oh yeah, just kidding. Because yeah, it's in the bank. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't realize that shoes are getting up to sneakers are getting up to a thousand dollars. Yes. Even that's higher. Amazing. You, you mentioned Wild. something earlier about yes. the shoes you're wearing right now. Yes, I don't right. wear this. Is actually, only my second time wearing these. These were a gift. Uh, to me. So the pair I'm wearing today is a pair of Travis Scott uh, Fragment Lows. And my size runs about 1600 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. But their shoes, I'm trying to think. Uh, yellow Lobster. Let me do it real quick. So it's a Dunk Low Yellow Lobster. So there's a lobster pack, they have different colors. Red, blue, purple, orange, yellow. Yellow is the rarest. Let me see what mark it is on the yellow lobster. What size do you wear? Uh, 10. 10. Okay, there's not even a 10 on market right now. But you could buy a size 8 for 29 grand right now. 29 grand? 29 For the yellow lobster? For the yellow lobster. Wow, but there are shoes that are that. show that on the camera. <laughs> you see? Yeah, yeah, we got it. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. And there's shoes that, that are way more than that. I mean, will it will it make me run faster? No. <laughs> if you pay that much for it, I advise you not to even put it in your foot. <laughs> yeah, right? Let's go get in a glass case. Yeah, sure. Lasers on it. Yeah. But some people see it as that, you know, some people really do see it as an investment. Right. Um, right, something that if they hold and and they think that you know it's going to have more value in the future, yeah. um, some people are right. A lot of times, some people are wrong, but you just you just never know. What never to know. Think. The sorry thing, or one of the risks, right? So, say you bought a yellow lobster. Well, what if Nike decides next year we're going to give a gift to the people? We're releasing yellow lobsters. Guess what that does to the value of your shoes? Yeah, drops it down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that that shoe is never released per se. Okay, it's just like just a handful are created and are they put out there? Like, how does? So th- there's a lot of different ways that shoes are released. They have what they call GRs, which is general release. Mm-hmm. So any store, every store can have it. They have the raffles, like we said. Um, then they have like uh, exclusive drops that are only released certain parts of the country, certain cities. Um, there's some that are uh, what they call FNF, friends and family. Those are the most you know exclusive pairs. Um, like a, like an NBA player, yeah. Only his friends and family, would get. yeah. Just friends uh, and family, yeah. Like say uh, Travis Scott, like this. That's just who I'm wearing now. Um, he has a friends and family. Jordan 4, I believe. Um, yeah, so it's just whoever Nike and him, Jordan say, these are the people that get them, and that's it. 
Um, so demand, right, of a product, quantity of the product uh, determines the market right. of that product. Um, so if you have it and people want it bad enough. Right. It's a classic supply and demand. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but it's, it's just like, okay, so it's getting back to what you were talking to earlier about uh, programming the bots mm -hmm. to look for those specific drops mm -hmm. and times. Mm -hmm. You know, so you have to do a, it's like consistent, constant research that you're yeah. having to do. Absolutely. And we have a really good team at the shop um, that all know shoes. Okay. Who all receive information from a lot of different places. Uh, our group chat is... You never know what's going to be going on in that conversation. <laughs> but a lot of times it's like Nike right now. And that's all we need. Ah. So we go Nike right now. And, and we'll search what we know to search for. And everybody knows, buy it. Okay. You know, um, shock. They do shock drops too. People don't know it. Uh, sneakers app does shock drops. Like nobody knows about it, right? somehow people find out about it and then we'll say you know it's 618 right now shock drop 645 be ready sneakers oh wow so we'll put it out there and we'll be ready so huh. um we'll try to buy as many as we can of that product because retail is the great the best price point that that thing's ever gonna ever be ever gonna be yeah so and so as a resale do you get like a wholesale discount no, it's just the retail. Yeah, that's absolutely it. not. Yeah, retail's the best that it gets for us. Okay. Um, so as much as I would pay, you would pay yeah. for that. If sure. if you and I both get lucky, right? Yeah, I would say it's lower now because there's less time for me to spend sourcing shoes for retail, and a lot of the relationships that I built locally retail are no longer there because those people have moved on and gone to do other things. But uh, I would say. 30% of the purchases of our inventory is retail. The other 70% is resale. Okay. So we're paying up right. as well for these shoes. And we have to be careful because I don't want to... So, for example, like if I, if I bought a shoe for $200 and then I bought the same shoe for $220, well, I want to offer the same price to my customer of whatever we set that as, two sixty five or this day, for example. Just because I paid two twenty for one and two hundred for the other one, I don't want to mark that second pair up to two ninety just because I got more in it. Right. You know? Now <clears throat> if the market has changed, then maybe we go and adjust that price. But rarely, rarely do we ever do that. Um, so I try to buy as well as I can a lot of times, not necessarily to make more money, but I want to be able to offer to my customer at the best price possible because we're not building, we're not, we don't want one-time customers. Right. We want people that we become friends with mm -hmm. that are going to come back to us. That if they don't, if they don't hit on the release, then they'll say, oh, you go hit up Mike and Noah at Tall City, they'll take care of me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, that's another thing. When kids come in or young families or people that, uh, know a little bit about technology. We try to educate them on how to purchase the shoes themselves for retail. Uh, yeah, we don't mind. Uh, but there's 
the success is not very the success rate is not very high. Gotcha. Maybe they do hit one for retail. That's great. We want them to do that. They can save some money. Save the money. Yeah. And on the shoes that you don't hit for retail and you really want, then then, then come talk to us. Um, but yeah, we spend a lot of times uh, showing kids how to enter the drops, and where to look, and how to do it in the apps and all that stuff. So because we want them to. And, and what you're doing there is you're providing value. Yeah. 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 You're 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 the expert in the field. Exactly. Right. And yeah. they come to you for that. And so I'm seeing now like a, like sneakerheads. You just don't have one or two pairs. Shoot. Right. No. No, it's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we're talking, now we get to issues. Bro. Yeah, we get to issues. <laughs> counseling session. No, um, like for me, like okay, so let's backtrack a little bit. As a pastor, right? It's a thing for me because I got to be careful because I don't want to portray the wrong image. Right. I'm in a I'm in a junior high or a secondary campus in Midland. Uh, most days of the week, they're not. I'm in the schools. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would never wear this shoe to a school. Gotcha. Because that's all they're looking at. Yeah. yeah. I just don't want to put off the wrong image. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. I do wear sneakers to the school. But I won't wear these because um, for a lot of reasons. But I want to keep the focus on the right thing. Right. Right. I do use shoes as a tool for me to be able to have conversations that otherwise I wouldn't be able to have with some of these young people. Right. Um, but like, yeah, like right now, like I tell myself, uh, I got too many shoes that are like too many. Right. So like if I'm, if I really want another shoe, then I tell myself, okay, which pair am I going to give up to replace for this? That does two things that make sure that I really want that shoe. Mm -hmm. And number two, it kind of keeps things, keeps me in check, you know, because people, I say people, I can go overboard. I could have a room. Right. shoes, <laughs> <laughs> and I want to keep them in the closet. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, that's a, that's a thing. That's a thing, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Now, I already know. So, my daughter and my nephew, you know, they're sneakerheads, right? <laughs> they forgot that I was going to bring this up earlier, but uh, they have this uh, uh, something they put in the shoe so yeah. it won't crease. It's protected. And they, they walk like Frankenstein. Yeah. You know, they all do like, what, what y'all doing? Yeah. Well, so I don't put creases in the yeah. suit. It's like, yeah. why are you wearing the shoe then? So, <laughs> so there's levels to this thing, right? Yeah. It's like levels. <laughs> there's that. There's that level, right? Like they're so overprotective and they just want to keep them right and keep them nice. And I'm at the age where if it's not comfortable, I'm not wearing it. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if I crease it. Like right. I'm going to wear, I'm about the shoe to wear it. Right. Right. right? I always tell kids, like, especially like young kids, like six, seven, eight, nine year olds, I'm like, man, just wear them. Just wear them. Like, I understand, keep them clean, keep them nice, right, but yeah. wear them. In four or five months, you, they ain't going to fit you no more. Yeah, then what are you going to do? Or they'll come in and they're like, I want to, had a kid last week, I want a Jordan 4 black cat. That's a thousand dollar shoe. And, uh, and like, Mama's in, like, yeah. you know, she's she's in. I'm like, well, okay. Uh, let me tell you something, though. If I were you, I wouldn't do that. And they're like, oh, what? You about to talk me out of it? Mama's in. Like, uh, <laughs> she's right here. She let me tell you why. I said, that type of shoe you want to keep for a while, for a long time. That's the type of shoe you don't buy until your foot stops growing. Right now, buy you something else, a uh, Jordan Floor black canvas. 
like a third of the price. It's a really nice shoe. Your friends are going to really like it. You're going to like wearing it. Um, but you won't have to spend all this money on a shoe that you're only going to be able to wear for this amount of time, mm-hmm. right? And then, I mean, if you really want to spend that much money, you can get two or three of them, you know, and have some options. I said, I, I don't know. You do what you want. I said, but i just tell you, I didn't let my son buy these shoes until his foot stopped growing. So, but yeah. And how's the how's mama usually? Like, Thank you. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes my mind. You can get three instead of one. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. I try to, yeah, yeah. Usually, their parents are. I mean, they they're grateful, you know. For sure. As a business person, yeah, I want to sell thousand dollar pair of shoes. Sure. But I want to do the right thing too. Right, for right. People, right. You know? at least give the information. Yeah, give the information. Right. Options in their hands. Yeah. They want to. So some other information that that we do as a company. Right for sneakerheads, so we can do like uh, we talked about um, the buying, selling, consignment. Um, we do trading as well. Uh, also, if anybody's listening local, you can come and have your shoes cleaned by the staff, oh. absolutely free. Oh, wow, that's what's up. Yeah, and you don't you don't have to buy them. There? You don't have to buy them. There. Oh wow, come and just have them cleaned. Um, a lot of times the staff doesn't have a lot to do all the time. So that's a great service that we can provide to the community. Yeah. Um, so free cleanings and free uh, legit checking. So we talk about fakes and all fakes, that stuff. Yeah. We've had people even come like, hey, I'm buying this shoe from this guy on Facebook Marketplace. I just want to make sure they're real. Just, yeah, y'all come by, meet up here. We'll check them out. Ah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, awesome. we'll, we'll check them. Yeah. No problem. Um, or, hey, I bought these shoes from this my, my friend's friend. I just want to make sure they're good. Bring them by. Yeah. Check them out for you. Yeah, that's 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 good. That's awesome. That's awesome value because it, it also helps because when they come into your store, they're like, ah, the store's here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's a potential customer. Yeah. And that helps too with like the whole online, the StockX, the GOAT uh, conversation. You know, people come into the store sometimes that don't really have a full understanding of how things work. And they'll be like, well, this shoe's $100 on Nike. Absolutely is. Uh, but it's real hard to buy that shoe for $100 on Nike. So that's one thing. You have to educate people of how how it works and, and why it is the way that it is. Another conversation is, oh, these are these are $300 in StockX. Absolutely are $300 in StockX. But once you click that button, it's going to actually be like $340, $350. Another thing to think about is um, you're going to have to wait. Stop. To purchase a shoe from the apps takes about two weeks. Wow. Reason being is they're they're the they're the mediator. Ah. So if I list a shoe on StockX to sell, you bought it. Mm-hmm. We can live in the same town. That shoe's getting shipped by me to Arizona. It's gonna go through their authentication right. process. They're gonna patch it, package it, put their tag on it, branding on it. Then it gets yeah, shipped okay. to you. Right. Then you get it. But remember, when you get it, you didn't try it on, and you can't return it. Mm-hmm. So those are two things as well. And it took you two weeks to get it. Right. So part of um, our value, again, is the convenience, the service, the ability to return it, the ability to come and have it clean anytime you want to. Yeah. And when you get tired of wearing it, you can bring it back. And, and so I will give you something for it. Yeah. Get credit something. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah. So our prices may be a little higher, 
but there's a lot of good reasons why that is. There's some value there. Yeah. Right, right. If you don't, you know, you like sit, just go to whatever retail store and buy your shoe if you want to buy a shoe, but you're not going to get that value. Yeah, yeah. You know, you talk to them, hey, what I saw this on this, they're probably going to be like, well, I don't know, man, buy it there then. You know, I don't know. Yeah, tell yeah, you, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, you know, that's a, I'm, I'm enlightened now in the shoe world, you know, like I wish I was like 18 again, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, shoes have no age limit. That's true. That's you true. Know, I'm about to hit 40. I'm a, I can't see a day in my life where I'm not wearing sneakers. Yeah. Uh, my grandpa, I gift him a pair every once in a while. Uh, grandpa's 86. His favorite model is Jordan 1 Lowe's. Wow. He'll bust that's what's up. Out with his khaki pants <laughs> or his yeah. <laughs> grandpa's crazy. They were in dicky shorts with dress socks and his jays. <laughs> but only he can do that. Yeah, yeah. he can do that wrong that way. So yeah, yeah. That's a great thing about sneakers. It's like uh, it, it, it transcends a lot of barriers, a lot of lines, mm-hmm. racially, economically, all that stuff. Um, right. It's it's just a tool that we use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so where in this mix is, is it even there? You know how, um, they, they do art on shoes Mm -hmm. a lot. Y'all, y'all do that too? So we don't do it personally. We do know people that do, like if people want custom work done, Mm -hmm. um, more so than that, what we're seeing right now is like the, uh, the changing or the mixing of materials of shoes. So like we have a friend in Dallas, uh, his name is Isaiah Shell. What Isaiah does is he takes premium materials like bags, uh, clothing, like Gucci, Louis, all that kind of stuff. And he mixes those materials in already popular shoes um, to kind of change the original aesthetic of it. And uh, when it's done right, man, it looks looks great. It looks awesome. We see a lot of that kind of stuff. So you can have like a personalized, Mm -hmm. exclusive, unique shoe for just an individual. Yep. Huh. So how does that affect the price? Uh, it costs, uh, depending on the material that you use. Mm-hmm. And the, of course, the time, anybody that does anything well right, uh, comes with a cost. To craft on it. Yeah. That's to buy, to purchase yeah. it, right? Yeah, yeah. What does that do for the value of it? Um, the value of it, I would say it, it, it depends. Values dependent upon the, the beholder. And the eye of the beholder. Right? Yeah, so like, Depends what you do it, how, what you do to it, how you do it, and the target audience behind that transformation. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, whenever those things happen, people already have an idea of what they want in their mind. And when people get something personalized, personalized like like that, they don't really let it go. They don't want to sell. They it. don't want to sell point, it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, they don't want to sell it. But depending, it just depends. Um, there's a sneaker store in in Dallas in the Galleria. That did a collaboration with Isaiah. They re- re- uh, released 23 pairs of uh, Air Jordan 1, uh, like a Chicago colorway, like red and white, with the Louis material. Uh, their pairs increased in value substantially mm-hmm. from what they sold them for initially. Um, but man, it takes a lot of money to do something like that. Yeah. I mean, even just 23 pairs, I mean, you got to start with 23 brand new shoes. Mm-hmm. Isaiah's time, Isaiah's material. And uh, what if nobody likes them? <laughs> right. <laughs> you stuck with 23 <laughs> pairs of shoes that nobody wants. Yeah. You know? But like, you know, he's 
obviously knows what he's doing. Yeah. Right. He's a craftsman. Yeah, yeah. And so I can see that's where he's putting value yeah. into the shoe. So for whatever the retail for the value. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now there are certain patterns and stuff that he does that like that store stocks, for example, uh, a white Air Force One with the classic Louis, the brown, and I don't even know what you call it. Like brown, the tan color, brown and tan, tan like that. Color, yeah. He has an Air Force that's like, that's his staple. Mm. And he produces those all the time. Um, and the, that shoe has a lot of value. Uh, it took a $100 shoe to a $800 shoe all day. Oh, wow. Okay. And people buy it. Okay. All the time. That, wow. Do you see, do you see yourself or you and Noah kind of getting into that, customizing the shoes for the customer the way that they want it, maybe sometime in the future? I would say, I wouldn't say no. Uh, I would say I don't want to. Yeah. But we try to take care of our people as best we can. So even if we didn't do it personally, we would, we would try to take care of them, outsource it. Outsource it. Yeah. There's a lot of people that, can do a lot of things better than we can and we're okay with that there you go That's and we're okay with sharing this is not a hoarding of sneak all the sneaker people yeah uh, there's also other sneaker stores in town that do what we do i when we opened tall city sneakers i went to two three two here one in odessa personally i said hey this is what's happening this is what we're doing i need to make sure that we're very clear between me and you because i know how people talk and run their mouth and all this stuff I am about community. I am not about competition. So if you ever hear anything other than that, I need you to call me. Here's my number. That's what's up. Text me. If you ever need a shoe that you don't have, a size or whatever, text me. I will make sure that I get it to you at a price that you can still make money. You can take care of your customers. And man, I want to be able to do that with you too. Right. We both win. Right. Uh, if you're vending at an event, let me know. I don't want to vend where you're vending. I want you to eat, right? Yeah. Uh, most local shows that uh, happen, markets, uh, pop-ups, all those kind of things, we don't vend normally because there's a lot of uh, resellers, local resellers who do not have a storefront mm. that can thrive in those opportunities. Right. If we go and have a better display or Right. more options, then that takes away from their table. I don't want that. So do y'all's thing. Actually, we're going to go to the show. We're going to buy shoes, buy from, shoes you. from you. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. Build that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And if you ever need something, this is how to get a hold of me. This is my yeah. number. Call me. Text me. Come by the shop. Let's chop it up. Yeah. Let's go eat dinner. Yeah. It's bigger than just the dollars that go to the bank account. Right. Because there's, there's plenty out there for everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. There's more than enough. Yeah. You know, and it's it's like when you when you treat it like that, it's it creates the more, more abundance for everybody. Yeah. Right. Like uh, one of our podcasts we had when we first started was with the ex-mayor Jerry Morales. Right. OK. Yeah. And he was talking about during the pandemic, um, uh, one of his competitors, competitors, right, ran out of chips. Yeah. Right. You know, it's the time when people are, you know, you have yeah, to yeah. pick up. Right. You can come into the restaurant and they ran out of chips and and they call Jerry and. Hey man, I ran out of chips and just got you, yeah. got you chips. You know, cause Jerry makes his own chips. Yeah, yeah. You know, so gave him a couple boxes of chips because same thing. Man, it's about community. Yeah. Right. If if you fail, right, then that's that's hard on everybody. Yeah. Right. Because now we have a business failing in our community. Yeah. Right. But when 
the, the business is thriving, where we all have a chance to thrive yeah. because there's more than enough for everybody. Yeah. You know, so I, I, that's a that's commendable uh, mindset. Yeah. Right. Mindset that, that it's not just about you and what you can hoard, but what can you give? And, you know, what, what, what is that saying that uh, all the tides lift all boats? Uh-huh. Right. That's that same community mindset. So if, if like if everybody literally had that mindset. Yeah. You know, everybody could thrive. Yeah. We could uh, get rid of a lot of issues, societal mm-hmm. issues that, that we have going on. Mm-hmm. And so, man, well, I mean, I mean, I commend you for 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 doing that and using uh, putting your example out there, right? Appreciate it, yeah, because I think a lot more a lot more people should do that, man. You know, so I personally have learned a lot in this podcast, yeah. you know, and and you know, confirmed a lot of my beliefs, right, on how I think business should work, yeah. man. Um, I think you, you and your family are doing a, a really good thing, sure. and, you know, especially learning about the shoe world. Cause you know, at first I'm like shoes, mm-hmm. you know, I go buy shoes right now. I'm wearing some shoes, right? I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's really amazing how, uh, how intricate in, in the, the complexity of the shoe world is, you know, yeah. just like a lot of things, once you dig in, yeah, it's layers and layers and layers, yeah. you know, and there's so much more. I bet I'm sure we could talk for a couple more hours, man. Well, before we go, do you have anything you'd like to ask, Mike? Before we no, thank you, letting for letting me be a part of um, part of the podcast and hearing about sneakers. I'm a shoe person. I'm more of a heel person, but I'm really I'm gonna go check out your store. Yeah, what you have going on for sure. Yeah, we appreciate you come by. Yeah, Uh, you asked earlier we're we're in the shopping center where TJ Maxx is. Uh, right by the UPS store. What's the address? 3001 West Loop 250 North, Suite C111. Okay. It's a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> TJ Maxx, what else is in TJ there? TJ Maxx, Home Good, Taco Villa, um, Midland UPS store. Yeah, Midland, yeah, mm-hmm. we're right next door to Midland Mouse. They just opened a new Optimum. Okay. I think they're an internet provider. Yes, internet. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we're right next to Optimum. Gotcha. And um, you're like Monday through Saturday? Or? So we're open Monday through Saturday. I mean, yes, Monday through Saturday. Monday through Thursday, 11 to 7. Friday and Saturday, 11 to 8. We're closed on Sundays. Yeah. That's what's up, man. Uh, and then you're, uh, how do people find you on TikTok, Instagram? So all the, all the they're all the same. TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram is Tall City Sneakers and YouTube. And YouTube. Tall City Sneakers. Okay. We can just talk about that, but. Yeah, that's a thing. And then uh, tallcitysneakers.com. Awesome, man. Yeah. I'm definitely going to go in to smell some sneakers. <laughs> uh, I, right? I'm going to be smelling yeah, sneakers now. It's my sneakers. Now. You have that fake one, and you can smell a real one and a fake one, and you'll be like, oh. Yeah. So it's like the difference between smelling like a real leather something and then fake leather, or yeah, like yeah. a synthetic kind smell of, or something. Yeah. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to figure out a formula to make a car freshener. New sneaker Ooh. smell. Because oh, I love the smell. <laughs> all the sneakerheads love the smell. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, that's on the to-do list. Man, let me know. I already know my, my daughter and nephew be wanting them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, uh, Mike, I'll just get out to you. Is there anything else you'd like to tell the community out here in Midland? Man? Uh, we love Midland. Uh, thank you to the community for supporting us up to this point. We got big dreams. Um a lot of those dreams are in the 432. Some of them are beyond. Uh, but if there is anybody out there who's contemplating opening a business, you have a dream, 
you have something you want to do, I would say, if it's within reason, take the chance, mm-hmm. do it, make a calculated risk, mm-hmm. invest in yourself and see what happens, man. Right. See yeah. what happens because yeah. that's what we did as a family. We invested in ourselves, took a calculated risk and man, it has been wild beyond my wildest dreams and imaginations. And we're just, we're one a little over a year. Just, yeah. Just yeah. getting started, man. Yeah. It's wild. Well, I just want to say congratulations to your success so far. And I'm looking forward to what you and your family are going to accomplish from here on out. And those next big steps and next big dreams you're talking about, let's get you back in here, man. So you can let everybody know what's going on. Sounds good. Yes, sir. All right. We appreciate you, Mike. Thank you all very much.